My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. Okay, like, music's gonna be a part of my life, whether I like it or not, and I need to figure out... <laughs> I talk with people who make their living in the competitive world of entertainment. Yeah, I kind of have, like, a little man buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Um, I cleaned hotel rooms for two days. That sucked. Two days. <laughs> Artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. I called him and I was like, dude, I am broke. If you have questions about the show or suggestions for who I should interview, send me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I was the youngest one that like runs under the king's legs and like does that thing. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, Fair. It's kind of, I mean, I think it's kind of. This is episode number 27, professional trombone player, Bethany Smulo. Living the dream. My name is Rich. I'm here with Bethany Smulo. Mulo, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, she is a professional trombone player. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Oh. You, uh, so you, you basically, you and your instrument are a team that make a living together, which <laughs> kind of blows me away. Uh, do you have like one trombone that is yours or do you like have like a whole series of them? Well, I have a jazz horn, a jazz trombone and a classical trombone, classical tenor. Okay. And it's larger and it has like an F attachment trigger on there. What does that mean? Um, well, since the trombone has seven positions, you go from first all the way down to seventh. Uh -huh. And the F attachment, basically when you put it down, it changes the airflow of the instrument, puts it in a different key, so you don't have to go all the way down to all of those low positions. I mean, you can, you still can, but it extends the register of the horn. Okay. It makes You can play more notes and you can play other things more easily. Wow. Your, your world is fascinating to me, because I, I don't know anything about it. So, like, I feel like growing up, if you watch MTV, you know, you see a guitarist or a drummer, and you're like, oh, I want to be that. How, what was the, the moment where you're, like, a kid, or, or whenever it was, that you said, the trombone, <laughs> that's my instrument? Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I really wanted to play piano. Okay. Really badly, and that didn't happen for a variety of reasons whatever. And then, um, <laughs> I, um, I grew up in a pretty musical family and there are six of us kids oh. and all of us went through, you know, band in high school and all that and played instruments. So I got to watch my older siblings go and play a bunch of instruments and you can't, they, they always chose, well, my oldest brother was a drummer. One of my older brothers played bass, but he also played trombone and a bunch of other low brass instruments, tuba, other stuff like that. Um, one of my sisters played trombone as well in high school, and there was always a lot of like jazz and Motown and oldies and R&B and stuff going on in my house. Stevie's my man. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Sure. So um, I just always what what I wanted to do when I was really little was play tuba. Okay. In like a big band, and then the more jazz I listened to, the more I realized that that doesn't really go on anymore as much. It's not very common. Like tuba players just don't exist as much, or well, not in big bands, no. Ba oh. We have upright bass players. Mm -hmm. uh, what had happened, I saw Wynton Marsalis on PBS, and he had, like, an old, old-style New Orleans band on there, and it was a tuba player instead of a bass player, and I was like, I want to play the tuba! <laughs> so I, I started actually on euphonium, which is, like, a small, small tuba in the same register as the trombone, mm -hmm. and I was the only euphonium player in my little school, and I took lessons with all the other trombone players and our music teacher, and so it was sort of just an evolution to the trombone. Yeah. Yeah. Do so you you pretty much knew you wanted to be in music. Yeah. Was there was there like a clear defining moment where you're like, yep, 
definitely music or was there anything else competing with that at any point no i mean i always kind of grew up knowing that i wanted to be a musician and that i loved music but it's weird because i've quit lots of times <laughs> like it's like been a, smoking like <laughs> yeah 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 it's hard and yeah and it was sort of like that like um growing up how do i even explain it yeah i, I mean there wasn't like an exact moment um, I was, I, I was on stage when I was a little tiny girl. My mom put me in like the musicals at our high school. As a singer. As a yeah, but I was tiny. I, I, I was in the King and I when I was like three or four years old. Oh, were you one of the kids? Yeah, I was one of the little kids. I was the Cute. youngest. Yeah, I was the youngest one that like runs under the King's legs and like <laughs> does that thing. Yeah, and I so, can imagine you doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And my mom worked as a seamstress and did a lot of costume design for the plays and stuff like that. So I was always kind of just involved and around, but yeah. Um, I would say probably within, cause I've tried to quit lots of times and within, <laughs> just for emotional. You make it sound like you can't quit. <laughs> well, it's, it's and that's like... kind of what happened was like, I mean, for emotional reasons and just like, oh, whatever. It's, it's hard sometimes. And for me, I have <laughs> issues. I don't know how to explain it. It's like broke back mountain with a trombone. Like, I can't quit you. <laughs> yeah. So like within the last, I don't know, less than, less than, less than the last year, maybe the last six months, I kind of just realized like, okay, like music's going to be a part of my life, whether I like it or not. And I need to figure out how to get over like my stage fright. I have a lot of performance anxiety and, uh, stage fright issues that have been, I don't know, somewhat traumatic <laughs> experiences over the years. Oh, wow. Having like panic attacks on stage and during juries and stuff like that. What is a jury? Um, in college, um, you, so when I was doing my undergrad and it was classical, a classical degree. Okay. Um, I got, uh, a, not a performing degree, not a performance degree, but a, a BA, Bachelor of Arts in Music. And, uh, which is close to a performance degree, but not exactly. I took French and other, and I minored in political science and did some other things. But, um, uh, you work on a piece and whatever things they give you all semester, there are certain guidelines and requirements per school, per um, fac, for, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Department, studio, whatever. Mm. And um, you work on those all semester, and then you go in at the end of the semester and play for the entire brass faculty. So for my undergraduate degree, it was the horn professor, French horn, trombone, trumpet, and tuba professor. Okay. And you go in and you play the piece that you've prepared, and then you s would sight read at the end. And I had one at least anxiety attack during one of them where I just cried through the whole thing and I was playing and like crying and it's just embarrassing <laughs> and humiliating and awful and awkward. And Do you have to like get a certain like passing grade on this in order to graduate? Yeah, it's basically pass fail. Okay. And during your sophomore year is usually the barrier exams where like if you're not doing what they want you to do by then, they'll just kick you out of the school of music. Wow, where'd you go to school? Um, for my undergraduate degree, I went to the University of Northern Colorado. Okay, and so you have a master's degree? Um, um, I left my master's degree right before I was supposed to graduate. In... So no, I don't. Okay, but you were, were you studying music and? I was studying jazz performance. Wow, I didn't know you could get a master's. In... <laughs> right? I mean, that's cool, I'm not judging, I just think yeah, it's, no. I didn't know that. It's, it's, pardon me, it's when you were saying stuff like, uh, the professor of tuba, the professor of horn, like, to me, that sounds like a children's, like, cartoon yeah. villain. Professor <laughs> French horn is after you. Uh, well, and she, like, the, 
uh, Marion Hesse up at UNC, the Horn professor at the time. I don't know if she's still there, probably, but she had her Grammy like sitting on her piano. And what did she win a Grammy for? Um, I think it was brass quintet ensemble. Wow. Um, she's she was an amazing horn player. That was is UNC is a good performing arts school. So nice. Pretty competitive. When I think of tuba, you know, what and uh, and your instrument, uh, like I think both of them are. I tend to picture men playing. Them. Uh-huh. You are obviously a very feminine lady. You know, <laughs> you don't look like for people who can't see her because this is an audio podcast. You're not like a butch girl at, by any stretch. So, was was there ever any backlash of like? Uh, you're you're a girl. You shouldn't play the trombone. That's a man's instrument. Like, did you ever get any of that? Um, not like overtly. No. I mean, right. I, I hear a lot. You know, people comment a lot about, oh, I've never seen a girl play the trombone or da da da, that kind of thing. I mean, I hear it all the time. And and actually, like, I was pretty lucky during my undergrad because it was such a huge studio. Mm. There were probably like seven other female trombone players there at the time. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, I ended up being really good friends with a couple of them, a few, several of them. We were all really close in that whole studio, the girls and the guys, or yeah, girls and guys. I'm like the girls and the guys. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> we were all really close, but um, you know, I was lucky, and my professor sort of. He actually kind of took pride in the fact that he had a lot of girls in his studio at that time, and nice, kind of took care of us. I mean, he he was he was a tough love kind of person, but oh yeah, he was definitely proud that he had so many f- females in his studio. So nice. Have you essentially been making your living off of the trombone since you got out of college? No, I'm like a professional waitress who plays the trombone. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, Fair. it's kind of, I mean, I think it's kind of, you know, probably should have started out saying that, but. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yes, I do. And there have been times where I've definitely made, you know, a good majority of my income playing the trombone. But like I was saying, I've quit a couple times and got to rebuild. You know, I have a good foundation. I've grown up in, in Colorado and have a lot of friends in Denver. Um who I'm always welcome to, to join. But, you know, I've lost some gigs along the way, too. So. Well, sure. Can't win them all. and coming back. And <laughs> yeah. Being crazy. and. Well, like right now, obviously, you're you're working on a cruise ship, so uh-huh. you are just a trombone player. You're uh-huh. not a waitress. No. Despite no, no, no. what many passengers might think. <laughs> do you? What do you do when you're not on stage? Well, I'm cleaning your toilets. Like, they, yeah, they, yeah. they think that. But, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, is are you happy, like, doing yeah. it, like, this is, do you think you want to do more of, like, oh. straight trombone? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the goal eventually. And I, I think um, just to to make a living as a musician, it's all about being sort of well-rounded. We're not necessarily in an era where a lot of people can make a living just being a trumpet player, just being a trombone player. Especially, uh, trombone is almost obsolete in a lot of ways. But um, you don't need a trombone player if you're going to do a jazz gig necessarily. Like a, you know, like a like a jam or something you'll have like a saxophone and a drummer and a bass player and a pianist and as long as you have your rhythm section but um so you know like like it was when I was a kid I sang a lot and I quit singing and the older I get the more I think maybe I should start doing those things again and you know write more and compose and produce and the the people I know who are doing really well it's just um they go and make those jobs for themselves you know yeah. No. Nah. Do everything. 
which is cool, you know? I want to do everything. That's fun. Right? So. Have you ever played on, a tr- like, a CD or something? Did someone ever bring you in to be like, hey, I need a, a trombone player, this kind of thing? Um, yeah, sort of. Well, I've worked a lot of, um, I've worked, I'm a, I sub a lot of gigs in Denver. Um, so... I've worked with people who've recorded things, but the closest thing, the the only thing I can think of recently was I got asked to do, a friend of mine was like, hey, um, we're recording a commercial, um, do you want to come in and play trombone on it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I got called in to play trombone, and it was literally just like these two little lines. It was, um... What was the commercial for? Um, it was a Heineken commercial. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Living the good life. <laughs> right? Did they let you drink for free? No, no. Well, what had happened was, like, this commercial was recorded in Europe, and it had this kind of sound and this style to it, and a band in Denver who has that similar sort of sound. Um, um, they called him, and they are like, hey, so we want you to record this song for this commercial that yeah. had already been made with a song that had been recorded, and the, the commercial had been made to this specific recording. Interesting. Which is a lot easier than, than, than going in and making the recording to fit the video. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I don't know if it'll even ever make it to air, but they were like, this is totally your sound and your style. We like you guys. Will you will you play this song because you're awesome? Nice. And they're like, and then so the guy called me and was like, hey, uh, do you want to play some trombone? I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I drove down there and just did it mostly as a favor. Have you ever had a gig where you were just like, this is the worst part of the business? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Lots of times. <laughs> Tell me about one. Oh. <laughs> um, well, they're just... Oh, God. Specifically, I don't even know. Uh, I need even a more specific question than just tell me about one. Okay. Like, I, what's what's the, what's the one time where you were playing trombone in a situation where you were like, this is not what I want to be doing? Oh, well... You know, they tell you in performing arts school lots of things that I'm coming to find maybe are not so true or maybe pretty true, but one of the things they say a lot is you're going to be playing a lot of music that you hate. Yeah. You're going to be playing a lot of gigs that you don't like and take all of them. Okay. And so out of college, that's what I did. <laughs> I took a lot of gigs that I hated and played a lot of music that I didn't like with a lot of people who I wouldn't ever mention but would prefer to never see again you yeah. know, or work with if I don't have to. And you know, sometimes you still have to work with those people. Most mostly, it's just um, for me, it was mostly a stylistic issue, uh, like um, playing with a lot of really loud, obnoxious trumpet players who have no tact or taste in what they're doing. <laughs> that was mostly my thing. Those damn trumpet players—they're <laughs> right. the worst. But I played with a lot of really, really awesome lead trumpet guys and a lot of really, really cool, really cool people. So, you know can't necessarily complain yeah uh the one thing that kind of the basically in my limited scope of of your career is like i'm thinking that two goals for being a professional trombonist would be either to be in like a symphony orchestra or maybe to be in the orchestra pit for like a broadway show or something like that are those things that you would want to do or maybe have done or thought about yeah yeah and uh, when I was a kid, it wasn't really a goal for me to play in a pit orchestra because I was I was always on stage, so I wanted to be on stage, and I thought I could never play in a pit because I would just be so sad. But anymore, I don't really believe that at all. I could definitely play in a pit orchestra. or, And 
you know, I have a, I have some friends in New York um, who play professionally. They and they make a living as professional trombone players. Wow. And they, you know, they play in pit orchestras and they play with friends and they play all kinds of gigs. And the Broadway thing is just. Um, like I have a friend who plays Broadway and Lincoln Center and. I was in New York one time and said, hey, do you want to hang out? He's like, I'm playing at Carnegie Hall tonight. Wow. um, So, you know, he's all over the place. Um, Mark Patterson, he's a total sweetheart. Nice. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's something I'd want to do eventually. Yeah. So it's kind of all about being well-rounded and getting as many opportunities as I can. Sure. I don't remember what the instruments were, but there there was an NPR interview, I think I heard, like, two years ago, that were the two guys who'd been playing with Phantom of the Opera since the beginning oh, uh-huh. and were, like, still there. Uh-huh. Were, like, if you wound up playing in the pit of some show for 10 years, do you think that would be, like, oh, that'd be great, I'd have job security, or do you think you'd be bored out of your mind? It, it can be... I've heard that it just gets mind-numbing and, like, can be, you know, really... You have to... You have to stay in a good state of mind, for sure. And I mean, job security is good, and... It, you know, it's nice. A, a lot of times, those guys, um, the impression that I get, can just sub out. You know, mm. say um, for for a lot of upcoming musicians, and say, "Hey, I'm gonna be gigging, or I'm gonna be doing this or that." And you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know a whole lot. I should probably talk to the people that I know a little more about it. Yeah. Um, but um, from what I have heard, the little bit that I do know is that they might be playing that gig for ten years, but sometimes they'll take a break, yeah. you know, and say, hey, man, come play this for me. And and anyone who gets that opportunity is going to take it, because that's a huge, that's a g- really good opportunity to yeah. you know, go sub for one of those guys, so, or girls, whatever, so. What, uh, what would be, like, the ideal gig, like, if you could put your finger on, <laughs> man, if I could do this? Uh, well, geez, I don't even know, it seems like my, um, you know, the longer I, I'm playing and the more I play music, the more my ideas of what I want change. So yeah, sometimes I joke that I just want to be a one-hit wonder. <laughs> I just want to produce a song that makes a billion dollars and is on the radio for the next 30 years. There you go. And that would be awesome. And then I could just play the trombone wherever I want, regardless <laughs> of, you know, money or whatever. And so that would be great. You should write uh, a Christmas song, like, uh, <laughs> like in About a Boy. That's who lived up to this royalties. <laughs> I just need to write something like Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. Can I say that online? You, I mean, <laughs> why couldn't you? You can say anything you want. You can absolutely, this is... A billion dollars and for my kids and their kids' kids and the rest of our lives. It'll be great. Yeah. I don't know. Do you... Uh, as far as like the next gig, did you what did you think about this? This is your first cruise ship, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Did you audition for this and be like, okay, I'll do it, or was this something you really wanted to do? Well, I had kind of back home. I had stopped playing for a while. This is what happened. What in a, in a nutshell, if I can even. You can put I'll, anything. I'll in try a nutshell. and I'll try and do this. You know, in a nutshell. Um, I had quit again. <laughs> I'm never playing music again. I hate everybody. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I um, had lost a couple of waitressing and cocktail jobs for a variety of reasons. <laughs> and um, I was just broke. I was broke. And I had to move into a one bedroom with a girlfriend of mine and give my kittens away and, you know, sell my car. Oh, and, no. And, um... I had I had kind of started playing again, and um, it, it was dawning on me, you know, as as I, had, I was coming back to it and 
playing my gigs again, like, that this was something that, like I said earlier, is like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, music's going to be a part of my life, whether I like it or not. And, and I do love it. And like, it is the, you know, my outlet and what I have. And like, this is what I want to do. And I need to stop trying not to do it and like force it out of my life. As weird as that sounds, like, um... And uh, I called a good friend of mine who I grew up with and who I went to University of Northern Colorado with, and he's touring with John Tesh right now. Oh, wow. And he had just played a few cruise ship gigs, and he's a great person. His name's uh, Ben Devitt, and he's just wonderful. And um, we our families grew up together, both big families. And um, so I've known him since I can remember, you know, since I was alive. And uh, we went to UNC together. And he had actually quit music for a few years before he went up to UNC and was working at a restaurant in our hometown that everyone works at. <laughs> and, you know, just decided he hated it and missed music. And when he decided that he missed it, he just went, you know, full on. And <laughs> he's been, you know, just killing it ever since. But um, we went to UNC together, blah, 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 graduated. We were still friends, kept in touch. I called him and I was like, dude, I am broke like, did you like your cruise ship gig? Because I've heard, you know, back and forth things about cruise ship gigs. It depends on the one that you get. Sometimes they work you like a slave, and sometimes, you know, you have some flexibility. And and so I just wanted to make sure that if I was going to do a cruise ship gig, I got in the right, the right one. And when I talked to him, he was like, well, you know, I loved it. I got to see a lot of cool places and everyone able to afford. I got to work on my jazz. I got to practice. I got to become a better musician and, you know, travel and get paid for it. And it was awesome. And I was like, dude, can I, I need a job. <laughs> so he, he emailed the he emailed the the agent with the sweetest little letter of recommendation you've ever seen in your life. Oh. And I got the job. He called me that afternoon and said, Um, there's a trombone opening if you want it. And I said, Yes, I do. Nice. And he said, Alright, we'll start on the paperwork. Send me a vocal track. Because Ben had um seen me, you know, sing as a little kid, and so he was like, you know, she can sing and she can play the trombone. And so I actually I don't even know if I should say this, but I didn't even have to play the trombone for them. I just had to send a vocal track and a headshot, which I did not have. I literally, like, cropped a picture out from a bar photo of something <laughs> and, like, sent it to him. So I was like, I don't have a professional headshot. And, um, yeah, and I'm here. It's awesome. So Wow. Yeah. That's great. Do you, uh, so what is the worst non-music job? Like, it's the worst civilian job you ever had. Um, I cleaned hotel rooms for two days. That sucked. Two days. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. That you could quit pretty easily. Um, I worked at a large, I won't mention the name, um, large home development retail store that was god awful. It was horrible. <laughs> quit that job. I never thought I could hate anything more than like waitressing at a corporate restaurant. Yeah. I did. I hated that place. Um, and then, you know, corporate corporate land corporate restaurants especially they're just awful yeah right yeah i worked at a see i don't want to say any names no way well, you don't have to but it was a it was a place called i'll just say schminigan <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> something like that fair enough yeah they're all the same it doesn't really matter yeah uniform and corporate training and teamwork <laughs> yep absolutely uh, just you have to wear this awful costume and dance around in front of customers and we're not going to pay you any extra money. I didn't have to wear this stupid costume, thankfully, but... Well, that's good. You know, just awful jobs. Yeah. Do you, have you ever been on, like, a tour? No. No. Is that something you'd want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think with... 
yeah, under the right circumstances, it could be really awesome. Yeah. I have I have some I have a good friend who's been a studio musician since he was like 17. He's a drummer. And he's amazing. Mm. And he's played with a lot of rock bands and and toured and kind of destroyed him at some point. Oh. He had to take he had to take a good long break and reevaluate his situation. Just way too into the drugs and the women, you know. Yeah. So that can definitely happen. It's easy. And we're definitely um what's the word I'm looking for? Um it's we're you know, it's like you're a musician, you're supposed to drink, here's a drink. You know, I don't have to be, I don't have to pay for anything anywhere. Wow. <laughs> I get drinks and you're the trombone player? This is on me. Yeah. <laughs> Does that happen a lot? I feel like yeah. uh, guys are told, man, learn the guitar and you'll get chicks. Like, is that the inverse of, like, the trombone with, like... <laughs> other guys constantly like, hey, you're the trombone player. What's up? Kind, well, kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, there are a few other girls, but in my little jazz scene, you know, whatever. You know, the scene back home, it's a lot of guys and I'm friends with a lot of them and... So, yeah, I mean... You're the minority, so... Yeah, I kind of have, like, a little man buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but... I, I don't think there's anything yeah, wrong with that. I think it's uh, kind of funny. Uh, you know. <laughs> it's fun, though. Uh, but I'm kind of growing out of it. I've been... My party days are waning, for sure, so... Yeah, uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> the uh, couple questions I ask every one of my guests, um, okay. and you kind of alluded to this already, but uh, if there, if I took away the opportunity, like you could no longer make money as a musician, uh, any any kind of entertainment job no longer paid the bills, just couldn't for whatever reason. Uh, do you think there's a job that you could do that you wouldn't absolutely hate? Um, yeah, I think there are things I could do I wouldn't absolutely hate, but. I finally come to the conclusion and made the decision, like I've said several times, that, like, I have to do music. So sure. it's kind of hard because I've tried to quit, you know? Yeah. But uh, I was really interested in... I almost went to law school. I thought... I considered it. I can't say I, like, applied or anything, but... Yeah. I studied political science in my undergrad, and I was something I was really interested in. I have thought about doing, you know, getting a constitutional history getting a master's in constitutional history or like I'm, I'm really into like history political science um reading writing sort of you could do lots of things that yeah. that you'd want it maybe the more scholarly pursuit yeah yeah well and even when i was doing my undergrad and my master's i worked in the music libraries and so yeah done that kind of thing and kind of a little uh I'm, I can't say I'm very outgoing. I sort of am. I mean, as I get older, I was sort of sheltered as a kid. I didn't get to go out a lot and do a lot of cool things and travel and venture and, and like play in the snow and do those <laughs> things. So, I mean, so, so, I mean, that may be why I steered towards, you know, s s locking myself in a room and playing an instrument for like four hours a day, but, and reading and writing and that kind of thing and singing, you know, I could do those things and yeah, it was accessible and that was my outlet, you know, so, but yeah, so. So if a 15-year-old kid says, Bethany, I want to do what you do. You, I want to play an instrument for a living. What advice do you give them? Oh, well, yeah. It's Like I keep saying, it's like my, my career trajectory has changed so many times. So let's say, you know, what's their goal? You know, what do you want to play in a symphony? Do you want to play in a band? Do you want to write music, produce music? Um, my advice, just... just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just, um... Just go, kid. Just go. Yeah, just, you know, just, you know, 
do it. And that's such horrible advice. <laughs> it was, it was very... Thanks. Thanks. That helps a lot. Really specific. Um, awesome. I'm going to go do that. All right. <laughs> just listen, listen, listen. You know, practice, practice, practice. Just keep at it. That's what I was always told. Just keep at it. Just keep practicing. Just keep doing it, you know. And, and I guess what I could say is there were a lot of people along the way... I freaking hate hearing people like, oh, if you haven't done this or accomplished this by now, then just quit. You might as well just choose another career. If you really? don't know this by now, you're just, why are you even trying to be a musician? Many you know people what? say that. Yeah. and What a bunch of dicks. <laughs> you hear it all the time and screw those people. That's what I have to say. Screw those people. Like, I, you know, there are a lot of things where it's like, I wish, you know, I could sit and dwell. And this is a lot of why I kept quitting, too. It's like, oh, I wish I was this good. I wish I could do this by now. Why can't I do this? Why? Da, 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 da. And it's just... And even knowing that it's pointless and self-defeating, like, um, the dichotomy of what I knew and what I felt were so far apart. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it's starting to, you know, it's starting to come together, and I can feel like, oh, uh, like, instead of just being like, I know I should just say screw it to those people I can actually like feel that way and be like screw those people yeah and I'm just gonna like start learning and start doing it and and not letting their judgments affect how I feel about what I want to do anymore because you know like I came from a really small school I didn't there wasn't a band program when I graduated I wasn't in band in in later years of my high school really wow Mm -hmm. yeah I just assumed you were like the classic band geek of like I have my trombone thank you (laughs) I'm working on my embouchure it was sort of like that (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely like I didn't have a lot of friends in high school I was definitely like and now you have a man buffet I know Uh, oh jokes on them right how the tide turns (laughs) (laughs) but um uh you know it it was hard, and I was told when I went to college, you're behind and you'll always be behind. And and those sort of things stuck with me, and it was... it was I, I'm not a very competitive person. I'm hard on myself. Like, I want to do my best. Uh-huh. I'm not out to get anybody. I'm not out to be like, I want to be that person. You know? and, and I wonder... And maybe that is a difference between uh, men and women. Not to say that there aren't women who are very competitive, because I definitely knew some. Yeah. And know some. But... Um, that's not me. That's not how I am. And, and maybe for those guys who aren't that way, I, I feel like maybe we get kind of flushed out because, uh, it's, there, there's some machismo to it sometimes. It's like, I'm gonna, you know, go kill it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, I, that's, that's not, that's not where I'm at. That's not what I, I want. Yeah. So, but. Cool. Thank you. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have like any, oh. I don't know, uh, like a website or YouTube videos or no. and like recordings out there you want to tell people about? Oh, snap. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff out there, but, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to plug anything. Out, no. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Beth, thank you. This has been great. I really appreciate yeah. you coming on the show. Yeah, totally. Thanks. Living the dream. Woo. Huge thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network, original artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. If you have questions about the show or suggestions for who I should interview, drop me an email. It's livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. You can see pictures of people I've interviewed. If you haven't done so already, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment and rate the show. That really helps me out a lot. Like the Facebook page. Next week's episode, I speak with the man responsible for the very popular podcast called The Poor Choices Show, Mr. Mark Cullum. A very entertaining interview. Be sure to check that out. Thanks for listening so much. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.